Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. You know, about five or six weeks ago, I just had this overwhelming urge to get away. Any of you have that urge to get away over, you know, this was holiday season, but I, I was getting away with a purpose, okay? And that purpose is to kind of rediscover, remember my roots. You know, I think it's time, there are times we just need to get away and be reminded of who we really are, where we came from, where we're going, why we do the things that we do. And so I loaded up my CRV, it was just me, and uh, I began driving. A couple of hours, I came to Lavaca County. Ray English knows where Lavaca County is. He and I grew up there together. And, and as I got there, I kept driving a little further, still in Lavaca County, and I ended up at a little Baptist church out in the middle of nowhere in the country, Salem Baptist Church. And Salem Baptist Church is where my dad pastored for nearly 20 years. And so I was, I was immediately reminded of my dad and all he is and all he stands for. And you know, my dad was an interesting guy. Uh, I can't remember a time where my dad wasn't involved in some kind of a civic group. You know, he was, he was a Lions Club guy. He was a VFW and um, the um, American Legion. He was always doing something. He was always in some kind of a singing group, you know? Uh, and so my dad imparted love for music. You know, the guy up here leading worship today is a product of my dad and his love. And so, I, I, you know, he was always playing in some kind of a bluegrass or, or barbershop quartet or singing gospel music. He, taught, he gave that to our family. We all sang together. That was part of who we were. And I remember as, as I went to Salem Baptist Church, in the back of Salem Baptist Church was this huge cemetery. Have you got the idea? Out in the middle of nowhere, little Baptist church, could hold maybe 25 people in a huge cemetery. And so I go into the cemetery and I just stand over my dad and mom's gravesite. There's nothing bring you back to your roots like that. I looked at the names of people that, of that generation who had gone on before and the legacy that they had left. And I was reminded of who I am gotten in my car and I drove a few miles further and, and I ended up at my sister's house. My sister lives on about 150 acres of land that was the homestead of the Smothers family. At one time, 10,000 acres, now about 150 acres. And knocked on the door. She had no idea I was coming. I knocked on the door and she was like, oh no, is something bad happened? No, 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 I'm just here. And so I said, I want to, I want to, go and just get my feet in the dirt of the land. You know what I mean? Sometimes we just need to get our feet in the dirt of the land. And so she and I walked out and, and I said, I know where I want to start. For all that land is a, a cabin, a log cabin that was built around the turn of the century, uh, the 1800s and the 1900s. My grandfather wa was raised in that cabin. 
born in 1907. He, he lived in that little cabin. And I, and I just, I thought of my grandparents and I thought all of the blood, sweat, and tears that they had given so that I can have what I have today. You know, I thought about the love for Jesus that was given to me. You know, Joel, Joel started this whole thing off, this rooted series. And, 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 and I want to tell you, it doesn't go any deeper than, than the message of our rootedness in Christ. Everything flows from our rootedness in Christ. And I remember those times that my grandparents, my parents just imparted to me a love for Jesus Christ from the time I can remember. They imparted to me a love for family. Can I tell you, whenever, when you're going through a crazy time like we're going through right now and have been going through, you've got to have deep roots in Jesus and deep roots in family. See, God gave me a love for music. Can I tell you, music will shift the atmosphere, won't it? You know, how many of you feel just a little different than you Right, right now, after having worshiped God for a half hour than you did maybe when you walked in. Anybody here feel a little different? Yeah, the whole climate shifted, not just externally, but internally. See, see, my roots, the roots of my raising, they run deep. And, and they gave me Jesus, they gave me family, they gave me a love for music, but they gave me a love for people. And... I want us to just review a little bit of where we went last week in uh, Colossians chapter two, verses six and seven. And I wanna read this and I want us to just think about this a little bit. This is Paul speaking. He says, in the same way that you received Jesus, our Lord and Messiah by faith, in the same way that you received King Jesus by faith, Continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you continually are infused with strength, encouraged in every way, for you are established in the faith you have absorbed and enriched by devotion to him. I mean, we could stop right there, couldn't we? Paul, Paul sums it up. He says, look, it's all about union with Jesus. It's all about knowing who you are. It's all about absorbing him into you so that he lives in and through you. You know, he says it's about in being infused with strength. You know, that, that's what roots do. They ground us. They, they bring stability to our lives. They nourish us. He says that you, you, the strength comes from our rootedness in Jesus. He says it's our, it encourages us. You, you know, when I was standing before my dad's uh, grave tombstone there, it was just like I heard my dad rooting for me. Isn't that interesting how that word roots, rooting, he's cheering for me. He was encouraging me saying, son, you have what it takes. Sometimes we just need to hear that, don't we? We need to hear a father, a mother 
say that to us. You know what? You have what it takes. See, the, the whole miracle of this faith walk that Paul talks about is that we get to have relationship, flesh and blood with one another so that Jesus in one of us speaks to the Jesus in another one of us. You know, you know Paul says it this way. He says, you guys need to mutually submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. That's the key to it. Now, you know, the truth of the matter is, most of you have a hard time submitting to me based on my track record, okay? All right, Adam, don't, uh, I see Alan back there nodding, you know. But, but here's the deal. You can submit to the Jesus in me and I can submit to the Jesus in you and I can call out the good stuff that he's put in you and you can call out the good stuff that he's put in me. Because that's how you make it through a season like we're in. There's no way to make it. You gotta be rooted in Christ and the Lord Jesus. But this morning, I wanna talk to you about being rooted in relationship with one another, being in a life-on-life relationship. And this, I'm, this is not gonna be an appeal to get you into some kind of small group. This is gonna be an appeal to you to live organically every day of your life and to allow and be aware of those divine relationships that God intersects your life with. And I tell you, there are people that you meet every day who need what you bring into that situation, into that conversation. There are people that you meet every day that you need what they bring. I say it a lot, but I, most of our best friends have yet to walk through the doors yet, okay? If, if you say, well, you know, I miss this hard time, but, you know, you know what it is, hard times, but it's a great time to be reminded of our roots. It's a great time to be reminded of our roots in Jesus and in one another. So I, that's what I'm gonna talk to you about a little bit this morning. Um, I, I love what Philip Hauser gave me an article. I thought it was really interesting. It's from Exploring the Underground Network of Trees. Joel talked a lot last week about being planted by the rivers of water, growing up to be these great trees, these great oaks. Listen to this. It says, trees living in forests, in other words, in community with others, live longer and are stronger than those in urban or isolated environments. Can I tell you what? If you wanna be a big tree, you need to get with some other big trees. You can't, you can't grow in isolation the kind of rootedness I'm talking about requires that we root with one another. But it goes on, it says, tree root systems develop complex interactions with bacteria and fungi that live in the soil. These, through these systems, trees that sense invasive pests or disease can tell the trees around them to make protective hormones. This signaling helps protect networked trees during times of stress. Can I get a better amen? We can learn from trees, can't we? We can learn from God's creation, from God's nature. God wants us in connection with one another. I mean, it's, it's, it's imperative, particularly in a time like this. Um, Jesus said it this way in Matthew 18, 19 through 20. 
He said, again, truly I say to you, if two of you, everybody say two of you, on earth agree about anything they ask for, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. See, see, the truth of the matter is Jesus is just looking for a conversation to happen. He's just looking for us to get together and to rub on each other and to sharpen one another and to bring out the good stuff in one another. Do you have somebody like that in your life? You know, Jesus said, said, said it this way. He said, or, or I'll say it this way. I think Jesus uh, knew the imperative of that two or three relationship. So he had some guys that were closer than maybe the rest of his disciples. You remember Peter, James, and John? Andrew was in that bunch as well. These were guys that were specifically with Jesus in the extremes of his life, okay? I mean, we need people that can be happy with us, but we need people who can be sad with us. We need people that'll be with us through thick and thin. And, and so I call these garden friends, okay? One, one instance, Jesus is with Peter, James, and John, and it's a time of extreme high, I mean, it is, it is at the Mount of Transfiguration. You remember that story where, where um, Moses and Elijah appear on this mountain and Peter said, hey, let's build some tents for you know, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. We'll get a bunch of tents up there. And, you know, and, I, and I imagine Jesus was just thinking, man, Peter, just let this play out. Don't just be quiet, okay? And so... Guess what? Moses and Elijah, they just disappear. And the only one that's left is Jesus. And, you know, Peter and James and John, they're just scratching their heads and they hear a voice from heaven. Do you remember this? And the voice says this. The voice of the Father says, this is my son, listen to him. Now, what's going on here? You've got the lawgiver. You've got the greatest prophet of the old covenant. They're right there in Jesus. And, and what did Peter want to do? He wants to say, well, let's line them all up. We got the, bet, the top three right here, okay? We got Michael Jordan, we got LeBron and Jesus. Okay, we got them right there. And what did, what did the, the father say? No, no, those others are gone. This is the main event, Jesus. Listen to him. Because everything's getting ready to change. With his arrival, he's the only one you can root your life in. If you root your life in second best things, guess what? They will not hold up in the storms. They will not hold up in the stress of life. So these guys were with Jesus, I mean, at the highest of high moment, but they were also with him in the garden. They were with him in the garden of Gethsemane as Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, these guys were there with him. They watched him sweat, blood, tears of blood. They were with him at his lowest moment. Now, with him is kind of a uh, term that they, they weren't always there. Sometimes they were sleeping. But can you what? Can I tell you? They were garden friends. They were the ones who showed up. Who are the people in your life who show up? 
Who are the people in your life that when things are really, really desperate, you can call, you can text, you can say, help, help me, help me, I need help. H-E-P, <laughs> help. See, Jesus had guys in his life that were garden friends. So how, how do you, how do I begin one of these garden friendships? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's look at the scripture here. I think the first thing that you, we've got to realize in John chapter 17 is that garden friends are God-given friends. See, a lot of times we, we try to program what only God can do supernaturally. Are you with me? How many, how many of you could have picked your wife or, or husband out and made that arrangement happen successfully? How many of you tried to make that happen successfully and blew it big time? It's like, you know, Dustin and, and Caitlin, they're in here somewhere. They're, they're getting married shortly. Caitlin, oh no, Caitlin, are y'all okay? I don't see Dustin, okay, good, all right. Just wanna make sure it's all good. I see a coat, I didn't know if he, you know. So, but when God brings something together and you say, well, how, tell me your story, how'd that happen? And what do we say? I don't know, God just brought us together, right? Look, look at the scripture here in John 17, six. It says, it says this, I have revealed to you those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Those are the words of Jesus. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, you know what? Out of all of the whole world, you gave me some people who were hungry, who were desperate, who were just at the right moment in their life and they intersected me. You gave them to me and they became my garden friends. They became my disciples. They became the people who will change the world. And I tell you, it's, it's not an optional thing to have garden friends in your life. These are the people who will change the world. How does, how does that come about? Well, number one, it's a God-given thing. But number two is it takes intentional cultivation of these rooted relationships they, that, that God gives us. It takes a while to build trust. What does that look like? I'm gonna just give you kind of rapid fire some, some thoughts here. The first thing is it takes being present. It takes showing up and being present. In our fast paced world, we don't make time for the things that really matter. Can I tell you, there, uh, most of the stuff, and I'll just pick on me, that I do, one day it's gonna burn, it's gonna go away. But the things that are eternal are our relationships. The people that we pour into, the people that pour in to us. And so just show up, be present. You know, the, the old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Most of it is just showing up and being present in people's lives and, ask, and answering the questions that most people are asking. Do you know me? Do, do you really know me? Do you, do you know my story? 
Do you know where I come from? Do you know my dreams? Do you know my passions? Do you understand me? Do you know why I do the things that I do? How many people really know you at that level? They know why you do what you do. They, they understand what makes you tick. They understand what your passions, your dreams are. See, again, I'm not talking about, yeah, I got a bunch of good friends. I'm talking about people who really know you and would take a bullet for you. If you go through life and you can come out of life with two or three of those kind of friends, I tell you, my friends, you are most blessed. During a season like this, when the whole world is turned upside down, political unrest, uh, virus, racial tension, all the things that are going on in our society as never before, it's a, good, it's a good thing to have a good spouse, but it's a great thing to also have a garden friend or two in your life. Because those are the things that will keep you rooted. Those are the things that when things are just crazy will make sense of life. I said I was gonna go through these quickly, but the second thing that you do with a garden friend is you remind one another of who you are. Hello? Somebody said, I was talking to somebody just this last week, and they said, I just don't get it. Why do you have to come to church and, and meet together and all that stuff? And I said, in a, just a moment of, I don't know, might've been God. I, I said, I, I think because we need to be reminded of who we are. I think every time we come together, we need to be reminded of just how good God is, how good King Jesus is, how wonderful his people are and what we've been called to champion and do on planet earth. We need to be reminded of that, right? Because we'll kind of crawl into a little tortoise shell and just stick our head out when we need to instead of being reminded and being encouraged and give courage to one another. And so it's to remind one another of our identity in Christ, who we really are in Christ, our union, that we need to be rooted in Christ, to, to be reminded that we have the spirit of the living God living inside of us. Come on, can we get a little bit excited about that? We're a new species, we're a new creation in Jesus. I, I read a good book the other day, it's called Living Love. And, uh, and it talks about how we develop these relationships, this authority in Christ, this identity in Christ, how to walk together in this discipling relationship. Some of you in this group here, uh, you, you show up, you're present, and you're thinking, well, what do I do now? So, uh, there's some of you out here that are going through studies in Proverbs, just reading the Proverbs together being encouraging to one another about who you are. So I know some of you are reading through the book of Acts. Say, so how do I live in the strength of this rooted union with Christ? You know, I mean, there's any number of things you can do. One of the things Sozo is doing, we're putting together Sozo equipped classes. They're like master classes. We'll release our first videos, like 10 videos. You can just go like 10 minute videos. You can go and watch them. Get with a group of people. Joel did some on cultivating life in the spirit. How I many of you say, that's a good, that'd be a good deal. Doesn't take me but 10 minutes to watch one of those deals and share life with somebody that intersects my life. I have a friend who calls me or, or he texts me virtually every day. 
And he just tells me what God is saying to him, what God's doing in his life. You know what that does to me? It makes me text back and tell him the same. And so we begin this relationship of garden friends. I, I know Mike would take a bullet for me. We walk trails together, we eat Chipotle, we hang out together and we just, it, it's not a plan, it's just so organic. We're gonna talk about Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus is the core. He's the center of everything. And I, the truth is, I don't have much to say to him unless I talk to him about Jesus. You know, you know what I mean? And so the third thing is um, processing life together. That's what happens. You begin to talk about what's going on in your life. You begin to talk about decisions you have. You begin to talk about issues of relationship. You begin to talk about the things that are most important to you. You begin to talk about your hearts. You begin to discuss your wounds of the past, memories, dreams that have been squashed, dreams that you still have. And guess what? We get to call out the truth in one another because there's going to be lies hooked into all of those conversations. How many of you, you love getting unhooked, unstuck? Sometimes we just need Jesus in flesh and blood to tell us what we already know in our spirit we need to do. And, that, and that's all I'm talking about is being that connected with somebody. One, one of the things, you know, we're going to at some point talk a little bit about community groups. And, and I love community groups. And I want to encourage every one of you to get involved in a community group. But you know what? A community group is kind of like one of these life-on-life -life garden friendships Community groups will only be as good as what you bring to that group. You know what I mean? Have you ever been to a group and everybody's just, 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 just looking at, at the leader, you know? Well, well, give us something, you know? And, and it's like, man, I hate these groups. They're terrible. You know, I love what Joel preaches, but I don't want him to re-preach it again on, you know, in a, you know. And then all of a sudden, somebody shares a fresh thing of what Jesus did and everybody goes, oh yeah, that's good. And then somebody else, and then pretty soon, it's just like, oh, I can't think anywhere I'd rather be. Whenever we spend time rooted in Jesus and we bring that into every other relationship, guess what? Something explosive happens. When two or three come together in my name, Jesus says, I'm right there and it gets good. It gets really good. So anyway, we, we're going to talk about how, how to have, we're going to have some good community groups. I'm, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. And lastly, it's a time not only just to be present and to show up and to process life together, remind people of who they are, but it's a time to join God where he's already at work around us. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that Wow, in the process of life, God is revealing himself to us constantly, constantly, constantly. And when we see it, it doesn't become just kind of a, a conversation. It becomes a reality that we step into. Together, we step into it. And so that, that's what I'm talking about. I've been blessed in my life to have many garden friends. I've had people that... Um, from high school to college to, I had a group of pastors that God gave me 
Some of you know this story. The Lord told me we were going through, I was reading this book, Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing the Will of God. That subtitle kind of tells it. And so in the book, it said, listen, it's really all about hearing God and then joining him where he's at work. Okay, that's pretty good, isn't it? Really simple, I can get that. It's hearing God and then doing what he's doing around you. And so I remember reading that book. And again, it was another one of those rooted moments. I'd gone back home. So some of us just need to take a step back home and remember who we are. And I remember I was out walking with my dad and I was, these thoughts were just pouring through my mind. And the Lord said, I want you to start a group, one of these experiencing God groups. And I thought, okay, I'm pastor of church. I got a bunch of people who could be in that group. And the Lord said, no, 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 I get to pick who they are. These are the ones I give to you. You can pick some, they ain't gonna be given to you and it's gonna be a terrible group. Or, right? No, none of you have been in one of those. He said, or you can let me pick them and it's gonna be incredible. And God gave me five pastors, city pastors, way too busy to be a part of one of these groups. All different. One of them was Baptist. One of them was a missionary, had been a former missionary to Japan. One of them was a small group leader. Uh, um, had a network of house churches. One of them, one of them was a charismatic uh, Cajun guy. I mean, it was a crazy mix of people. And I thought they're saying, and none of them going to say yes. I met with each one of them individually. Every single pastor said, I'll give you two hours a week to meet together. They were that starved for some garden friends. Incredible life experience. Can I tell you, relationships are a precious gift. And you can't earn a gift. You, you receive a gift. And you unwrap a gift. And you keep unwrapping a gift. See, the gift of relationship, you, you, you take the peripheral things off. A lot of us think we got the gift now. Can I tell you, it's, it's, you just now got to the, the unwrapping, the exploring, the learning, the caring, the getting to know what's really going on. Then you got the gift. Some of you've been married for a couple years. You know it takes a while to unwrap a gift, to really get to the good stuff. There's some of you today here that you, you, you want a garden friendship. You desire one, you need one. I'm gonna ask you just to stand to your feet. If that's you, you'd say, I really do. And I don't want one of these things where you're gonna match me up with somebody. And that's not what I'm talking about. But if you just be honest, say, I need, I need somebody flesh and blood who I can call up and they'll, they'll listen and they'll, they'll love me and they'll help me be more Christ-like, more deeply rooted in Jesus, okay? So just stand up if that's you. And I want the rest of us, I want you just to extend your hand to them. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you delight, you delight to give us good gifts. You delight to intersect our lives. And Lord Jesus, I'm just asking you to intersect these lives, that it would be organic and supernatural I pray for awareness, alertness, attentiveness to join you where you're at working in lives 
I pray that there would just be hypersensitivity to your Holy Spirit. No coercion, no trying to make anything happen, but just awareness of what you're doing. Lord, I pray over this next week that there would be divine intersections. I pray, Father, over this next month, divine intersections. I pray over this next calendar year, God, you would bring in those garden friendships. I want you just to put your hands like this and say, I receive. I receive the gift that you have for me, Lord. I receive it. And I'm gonna keep looking because I know you give good gifts. Now I'm gonna ask another group. Some of you are here today and we're not gonna match you up, but you're, the Holy Spirit's been saying to you, you know what? You have been the recipient of precious gifts. People that have poured into your life and you, you, you have grown immeasurably. But you know the Holy Spirit saying to you, it's your turn. It's your turn to give back and to be a garden friend to somebody else. And I'm gonna ask you, if you would stand up, if that's you, and I wanna just pray for you. The rest of the bunch, you can be seated. Just stand up if that's you. We have some people here that are of the most quality leaders, disciples of Jesus of any church I've ever been a part of. And I'm calling fathers and mothers. I'm calling those who are brothers and sisters who, who would just say, I'm looking for some divine intersections. Maybe the Lord's put somebody on your heart, okay? I didn't ask the other bunch to seek you out and it's too dark for them to know who, who's standing up anyway. But I believe God's gonna make some divine intersections in this room, outside of this room, that will be transformative for the rest of your life. So Father, we just give you thanks ahead of time for what you're doing, what you will do, the fruit that will be born from that, the great joy that will be released, the joys that will be doubled and the burdens that will be halved. Holy Spirit, I pray for heightened sensitivity that we would know, that we know, that we know who we're to, to pour into. And Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for being overextended and untentive to the things that you bring our way. Lord, I bless this group. Thank you for them, Lord. And I thank you for what you're gonna do in bringing them into some deep relationships. Oh Lord, we thank you for garden friendships. In Jesus' name.